0: What's up, Pokefam? Welcome to Pokemanga
1: Corner with Riley! Hey, that's me! So, this is a show where I'm going to cover, recap, and review the Pokemon Adventures manga known as Pokemon Special in Japan. This manga is something that's very special to me, and it's something I've always wanted to cover on a podcast. In fact, it was conceived as a, like mini-series within a series for both of my general Pokemon podcasts that I've done in the past, those being in We Trust and Pokemon Variety Hour, both of which we haven't got anywhere past this first five-chapter stretch for one reason or another. Variety Hour, we didn't do it at all because we just weren't motivated enough. And in We Trust, we did the one five-chapter stretch, and then the show died before we could do more and then the show died again because i left again so no manga ever or no in we trust ever anymore i'm pretty sure <laughs> i don't think that show's coming back i think he's gone boys but anyway this manga is something that's very special to me it's something i enjoy a whole lot it's I discovered it as a kid when I got a library card for the first time. I think I was like 12. And that was when I was introduced to the wonderful world of manga. It was, um, you know, whoa, it's anime, but books. Which was a pretty wild concept to me. So I read a bunch of Naruto and stuff starting off, but... Eventually, I came across Pokemon Adventures, a Pokemon manga, and that intrigued me, obviously, for a whole lot of reasons. I'm a massive Pokemon nerd. As you all know, there are, I guess not out there anymore, but the Pokemon Variety Hour ran for, what, like 40-something episodes consecutively weekly, so I obviously have a lot to say about Pokemon. And this manga is probably my favorite piece of Pokemon media, in all honesty, like the games obviously are great, but even those sometimes don't hold my attention as well as this manga does so It's very successful in that regard it gets me it gets me interested, it gets me going, and I wanna share it with my viewers, my listeners, and everyone who wants to hear about it so I'm going to do a plot recap and review of Pokemon Adventures, five chapters at a time, which will be a smooth sailing, easy thing to do up until we get to, like, black and white. And at that point, it's going to be shaky. Because I think America stopped producing it, like, near the end of black and white too. So, it's going to be, like, smooth sailing Through original black and white. And then at that point, I guess we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. Hopefully they get their shit together. Because it does kind of piss me off they stopped localizing Pokemon Adventures. Pokemon Special. Because it really deserves to have its American run. Because it's such a great book. So. The... The story of Pokemon Adventures is split up into different chapters, and chapters are like the games. So there's the red, blue, and yellow... Well, red, blue, and yellow are separate chapters. The the games in their enhanced remakes are separate chapters, I think, as far as I know. At least I know that's the case up through Emerald. I don't know if Platinum is its own chapter, because I think one of the main characters' name is Platinum, but I could be wrong. I've only, myself, I've only read up to, like, near the end of the Crystal chapter, so I wouldn't know. So, we're here in the red and blue chapter, the first chapter of Pokemon Adventures. We're here in Pallet Town, in the first chapter. First of all, let me introduce the first chapter, Glimpse of the Glow. Or versus Mew in Japan, because in Japan, they're all like versus a Pokemon. Which is weird, because I thought that the manga, I seem to remember as a kid seeing that and being like, oh, it must be called like Pokemon versus in Japan, but it's not. It's Pokemon special, so (laughs) I don't know where the versus thing comes in. But I guess it's to highlight that that round, which is the general name for the for the sections, I guess I guess it's to promote that round's like main Pokemon, which makes sense. So the first round, Glimpse of the Glow or Versus Mew, starts in Town with some young children attempting to capture Adidas Reno and not being the most efficient at it. Like they're real bad at Pokemon. And that's when Red shows up. That's when we get our introduction to our hero. And he's just like, hold on a minute, guys. You, you don't understand. You have to weaken the Pokemon. And that's when he brings out his first Pokemon, a Poliwhirl, which is very interesting that they chose to start him out on his recorded journey with an evolved Pokemon, even though there is an origin later of how he started as a polywag and how he evolved, but. The fact that they chose that this character's first Pokemon, the first Pokemon we see him use, is already evolved, is interesting. I guess it's a show like he has some sort of experience, even though he's never left Pallet Town, presumably. Well, maybe. Gone to, like, Viridian City and stuff, but he doesn't seem to be, like, well-traveled because he doesn't have any of the badges. He... <laughs> he's a newbie. But he's good enough to already have a Poliwhirl rather than a
0: polywag, so Red
1: weakens the Nidorino with Pollywhirl and then catches the Nidorino unclear whether he gives it to the child or just takes it for himself I'd, I'd like to hope he takes it for, for himself because screw children nobody cares about no children even though Red himself is presumably, like, 12. I don't think he's 10. Because I don't know if it's canon in the manga that you have to be at least 10 to have a Pokemon, but these kids seem presumably younger than Red. So I'd have to imagine if they're 10, Red would have to be, like, 12. But then again, I don't know if the 10-year-old limit is how it works in all canons, or if it's just, like, an anime thing they made up so that it wasn't a bunch of 5-year-olds running around with Pokemon. I know it's not canon in the games, at the very least later in the games, because in Gen 5, the preschoolers get introduced.
0: But anyway, Red catches
1: the nidorino, and the kids start talking about Professor Oak, I think? Yeah, the kids like are like, hey, maybe Professor Oak will teach us some stuff. And Red's like, who's Professor Oak? the screw that old man what do you want to know i'll teach you and they're like and the kids are like well they heard that that professor oak was like a really smart guy and that his grandson was one of the best trainers around which is something that comes up later
0: I'm sure you all know where that's going if you played Pokemon. So, Red
1: goes to the forest? I don't seem to remember why he does so. Oh, I think he bumps into a Team Rocket grunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bumps into a Team Rocket grunt. And he here's the Team Rocket grunt talking about a phantom Pokemon in the forest. A forest that is not the Viridian Forest, by the way. It's like some woods in Pallet, I suppose. At least I don't think it's the Viridian Forest. They definitely imply that it's not. They imply that this is near Pallet Town. So, this Team Rocket Grunt mentions the phantom Pokemon, and Red decides that he's going to catch this Pokemon. And he shows up. To this forest with, like, upwards of 50 Pokeballs? Like, he's got a mountain of Pokeballs just in his arms. He's ready. He's gonna catch that Pokemon if it's the last thing he does. He's determined. So, he goes looking for said Phantom Pokemon, who, by the way, is Mew, which is why this chapter is called Versus Mew, this round I I need to remember the correct terms, because if not, I'll hate myself. So, the phantom Pokemon, which is Mew, Red tries to find it, and he finds it, but there's already another trainer with a Charmander engaging it in a fight, and the fight goes on. It's pretty even, I suppose. I don't think the Mew was actually attacking, if I remember correctly. It might have been attacking a little bit, but anyway, the Charmander... Gives it all it's got, and then the trainer, the mystery trainer, returns Charmander to its Pokeball before the battle is concluded, which causes Red, who was hiding out, to come out of the bushes and be like, "Hey, you had that. What were you doing?" And I don't think the mystery trainer answers him before Red jumps in with his Poliwhirl, and gets his ass handed to him on a silver platter. And I think that's when the mystery trainer says. I could tell the Pokemon was superior to me. You gotta know your limits. And that's how that ended, I suppose. Um, I know that the Mystery Trainer does not introduce himself here. He introduces himself two chapters later. So I guess after he talks to Red in that way, he leaves. And... I guess Red realizes, because of this interaction, that he needs to get stronger, I think was the implication. So he goes to Professor Oak's lab. And that's where Glimpse of the Glow ends. So Glimpse of the Glow is a very good start to the... I'll give more detailed thoughts on the rounds as they are after the recap when I do like the review section, but just real quick. A little blurb. Glimpse of the Glow is definitely a good hook. Like, it ends on a cliffhanger with Red going into Professor Oak's lab, which obviously makes kids be like, ooh, what's he going to do in Oak's lab? I think it is structured well as a first round to get people interested. So, we get started on the second round. Bulbasaur, come home. So... Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur is good. We'll get there. So, this chapter starts with Red walking to Professor Oak's lab, which is unlocked and seems to be completely abandoned. He walks around, he sees a bunch of Pokemon, and, that, and it gives another example of sort of Red being naive about the world, because he sees like, I don't know, like 50 Pokemon in a lab, and he's like, I didn't know this many Pokemon exist. Which kind of seems weird, I guess. You'd think you'd see them on, like, TV. But that's besides the point. He finds Bulbasaur. By the way, Pokeballs are see-through in this rendition of the Pokemon world, which is interesting because it's really... I think in... The other Pokemon canons, it's implied that the Pokeballs contain, like, a virtual environment in which the Pokemon live. And in this one, they're in a small, confined space. Like, they're obviously shrunk down to fit in the ball, but, like, just barely. Like, you can tell. I guess it's like an animal in a cage where, like, they're put in a cage and they get used to the cage and it's not a problem.
0: But it's just it's just weird. But anyway.
1: So. Professor Oak busts into the lab. Accuses Red of being a thief. Red like falls over in surprise I think. And opens up all the Pokeballs. Oak yells at him. All the Pokemon run away. He gets super pissed. And Red just like runs off. He's like I'll get them back. And he gets a bunch of them back. But there's a couple missing. So, him and Professor Oak head out to get the rest of them. Professor Oak, still not convinced, despite Red's ramblings, that Red is not a thief. And Professor Oak makes sure that Red knows, I'm turning you in, I'm turning your punk ass in, once we <laughs> get these Pokemon. So, Red runs around with Professor Oak, catching Pokemon. I think it shows them catching a Meowth, and then Oak's like, Uh, I didn't know we had to go all the way to Viridian City, which they do, by the way. They go to Viridian City. And they see the Bulbasaur, which is the last Pokemon, the Bulbasaur that he read had seen earlier and also, like, introduced to his Poliwhirl, which is how the Pokeballs are clear got brought up because he, like, puts the two Pokeballs together and, like, introduces the Pokemon to each other. Which is very cute. I think it's very cute. So, the Bulbasaur runs into the closed gym, the abandoned gym. People seem to have an affinity for, well, the lack of an affinity for locks in this world that they're building here. They seem to not like locks. Because this closed gym is perfectly open enough for a Bulbasaur to get in, for Red and Oak to get in. So... They go into the gym and Bulbasaur is there. Oak says, Like, come here, little buddy. It's time to go home. And Bulbasaur does not like him. Bulbasaur is nervous. So Red comes up to Bulbasaur and starts like being nice to the Bulbasaur, offering it food, and just being like a good good boyo. Red is a good boyo. He is a He's just a morally, morally right boy. He loves them Pokemon, and I love him forever. Red is my friend. So Bulbasaur instantly takes a liking to Red, and I guess they were about to take Bulbasaur back to the lab when a wild Machoke appears. A wild Machoke inside of a building. I'd have to imagine that wasn't a wild bachoke. I don't know if we ever find out, but like I'd have to imagine that was some sort of guard established by Giovanni. What the fuck would a wild bachoke be doing in a
0: gym? Maybe lifting, huh? Oh, it's funny because gyms.
1: Anyway, so the Machoke is attacking. He, I guess he knocks Professor Oak out. Because Red tries to ask Oak what Bulbasaur's best attack is. And Oak is down for the count. So Red, galaxy brain, discerns he has a bulb. So he must have solar beam. That's definitely how it works, guys. Did you not know? Did you not know that you do that? That's how it works. Any Bulbasaur has solar beam. I guarantee it. If you can show me a Bulbasaur without solar beam, you can have... You can just come and kill me right now. Just come fly to Florida or come to my house, if you're listening to this, in Florida and just kill me. Because every Bulbasaur has solar beam. Because that's what my, my good friend Red told me. So I guess Red, like, opens a window or something and gives... Bulbasaur, the sun it needs to Kamehameha solar beam this machoke in the next week. So the day is one. Red clears his name to Professor Oak. Professor Oak lets him keep the Bulbasaur that has taken taken so kindly to him. And Oak also gives Red a Pokedex and gives him some, like, advice saying that, like, what makes a good trainer is love for Pokemon, which is a moral that is pounded through all of Pokemon media, for good reason. You gotta love your pokes, guys. Just love your pokes. And if you're a Nuzlocke or by me, like me, not by me. If you're a Nuzlocke or like me, just uh, cry horribly when they die. So, that's the end of the chapter. Red gives Red gets a Pokedex and Bulbasaur from Professor Oak. And off he goes on his journey to travel around and collect data for the Pokedex. Which leads us into chapter three, or round three, I'm sorry. The Secret of Kangaskhan. So, this round is very important. It introduces a very important character. Well, this very important character appeared in round one, but this is when we learn his name and his origin. So, round three, the secret of Kangaskhan has Red traversing into the Viridian Forest. The good old Viridian Forest, where he is trying to find a Caterpie, I think, was the thing he was attempting to find. And then while he's finding a Caterpie, he runs into Mystery Trainer, who is trying to weaken a Kangaskhan with his Charmander. I don't know what kind of action replay codes Mystery Trainer's put into the game to get Kangaskhan and Viridian Forest, but it works. So he he's weakening this Kangaskhan, and the Kangaskhan is not fighting back in the slightest. That is something that very much confuses our good good friend Red, who questions why the Kangaskhan isn't fighting back. And then I think figures it out and tells Mystery Trainer to stop attacking the Kangaskhan, which Mystery Trainer refuses to do. And Red takes matters into his own hands and uses his polyworld to attack Mystery Trainer's Charmander and get to the Kangaskhan, who he realizes his baby, her baby, I'm sorry, was poisoned, so... He gives the baby an antidote and he
0: heals it up. Mystery Trainer
1: is pissed that Blue damn it, the Blue his name is Red. Wrong wrong game version. Mystery Trainer is pissed that Red stole his capture opportunity to which Red responds, hey, it's not a good battle if the opponent's at a disadvantage. Which I guess I don't think Mr. Tanner responds to that. Like, he just kind of lets it lie. And he's about
0: to leave.
1: And Red asks his name, introduces his himself is red obviously and then he'll say and then mystery trainer says if it'll shut you up my name is blue or green in the version i read because i was reading translations of the japanese version a strange inconsistency which i'm going to continue to try to refer to them the way i've always referred to them which is the american localized names Since in Japan, the main two versions were red and green and blue was like a third enhanced version. In Japan, the main character's names are red and green and there's a girl, which we will be introduced to later, whose name is Blue. These names are flipped in the Japanese, in the American version, I apologize, where the boys the rival's name is Blue, and the girl's name is Green, that's how I knew it as a kid, that's probably how I'll refer to it in this podcast, even though the version I'm reading for this podcast calls them the opposite. It's very confusing, but what can you do? Blue introduces himself. I also think he somehow finds out about... No, that's the next chapter. That's the next chapter. So anyway, that's the next round, I mean, so... Here we are in round four. Wanted Pikachu. This is also a very important chapter because this Pikachu obviously becomes a very important character. It's Pokemon, and it's a Pikachu. What did you expect, really? There is a main important character that is a Pikachu. So, this chapter opens on this Pikachu just being a general menace, just being... A bad boy. <laughs> a bad, bad boy, this Pikachu. Like Ash's Pikachu was an asshole to people. Like he just kinda wanted to be left alone. This one's a straight up a straight up hooligan. A thief. A thief of thieving build rats. He's a criminal. He's terrorizing this town, eating their produce and stuff. And that's when Red shows up, and he is able to subdue this Pikachu and capture it. So it becomes his third Pokemon, good old Pika. So Red has nicknames, which are, like, I don't think he ever says them, really. Yeah, he says them when he brings out the Pokemon, I suppose, sometimes, but... I guess it's mainly listed in the like beginning of the manga where it's just kind of like he just cuts out the last syllable. Like his name for Poliwhirl is Polly, his name for Bulbasaur is Bulba, and his name for Pikachu <laughs> is Pika.
0: Very, very simple uh, naming theme here, but he gets the Pikachu. Shows off to this whole town how cool his Pokedex is. And that's
1: basically... He gets to a new town. It's Pewter City. Pewter City. the way. Pewter City. So he's showing off to the people of Pewter his Pokedex. How cool he is. And...
0: I guess he runs into
1: green-blue. I'm already messing it up. He runs into Blue some point later. And that's when he finds out, I think, that Blue is Oak's grandson. Yeah, he finds out because he shows Blue his Pokedex, and he says, oh, I heard Grandpa gave, gave somebody else a Pokedex, and he's like, oh, Grandpa, oh, shit. Oh, shit, boys. He's an oak man. So, Blue and Red are about to battle, I think? Like, that's the implication. Then Blue instead proposes a more interesting competition. He tells Red about the gym in town, and Brock, who gives the boulder badge, and proposes that whoever wins the boulder badge first wins their little competition. So, Red accepts this challenge, and that's where the chapter ends. With them kind of walking off on different directions in, like, a big, like, cinematic shot. And I think Oak kind of gives a monologue about them becoming rivals. And that's how it ends off. Which leads into the final round for this coverage, this first episode. Onyx is on. So, Onyx is on... Very interesting round, a parallel with the anime in the stupid thing that happens, which we will get to. But he goes to heal his Pokemon. This might be at the... No, this is the end of the last round, I believe. Either way, it doesn't really matter. It's um. He goes to Pokemon Center. The Pokemon Center is closed due to, like, out-of-order machines or something, and he realizes that his only healthy Pokemon is Pikachu. Who Blue had let him know earlier was not very effective against Brock's Pokemon. So Red comes into, the, comes into the gym, and he has to fight through a couple trainers before he gets to Brock, and the way he pulls it off is he does what any person who chose Squirtle or Bulbasaur as a kid did and just, like, systematically one-shots everything with Poliwhirl and Bulbasaur. So, Brock becomes enamored with this trainer, this one-hit wonder boy, getting one-hit KOs everywhere he goes. Hey, that rhymes. That's his slogan, Red. Getting one-hit KOs everywhere he goes. So... Brock says he's worthy and goes to fight him. Red sees that Poliwhirl and Bulbasaur are in real bad shape now. So he like begs and pleads with Pikachu to work with him and then puts Pikachu on the field. Pikachu refuses to do anything. And I think right after he gets attacked, he attacks Red. And Red gives this real emotional speech... And, like, I was listening to, like, a playlist on SoundCloud that was, like, chill Pokemon music while I was reading this. And it started to play, like, that one song that's, like, da, 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 that real sad Pokemon song. And it fit with it really well. Because Pikachu almost gets, like, totally flattened by Onyx. Onyx does like a big skull bash torpedo attack, and Red jumps in and gets him out of the way. Which, if you think about it, should probably disqualify him from the battle. But hey, emotional moment. Don't don't think about it. It's Pokemon. So he says he basically apologizes to Pikachu for forcing him to fight. Even though he didn't want to, and he's he just sort of like pleads with him to fight, but only if he wants to. And then Pikachu gets real determined and shocks the hell out of Brock's Onyx to the point where it literally comes apart. Like, first of all, it shouldn't even affected him. Second of all, it breaks this Onyx into pieces. I think this Onyx dies. I don't know if it dies, but I know there are Pokemon who die in adventures, later at the very least. Maybe maybe Red just fucking killed Broxonix. I don't know, man. So, Red and Pikachu get the victory. Red gets the Boulder Badge. Red introduces Pikachu to Poliwhirl and Bulbasaur. And like, says, hey, come with us if you want to, be our friend. And he puts out his hand to shake, and Pikachu shakes back with his little mischief face, and he shocks Red with his little hand. It was very cute, but Pikachu does end up going with Red. So, the end of Onyx is On, and the end of the first five rounds that I'm reviewing in episode one, so now that I've recapped them, I'll give some general review type thoughts.
0: I really liked I really
1: like this these this group of rounds as a beginning. It does feel like they obviously didn't come out in five chapter sections, so it's not always going to feel like the story flows well all the way through in the sections that I review on this show. But I think it flowed pretty well here. Like, it goes from the start of Red's journey to the earning of his first badge. And it's a good plot progression. We're introduced to Blue. And his style, which is much more cutthroat. Which, I don't think Blue is that bad later. Like, I think the Kankistan thing is the worst a Blue gets, if I remember correctly. Blue definitely becomes more of a hero that is against Red in particular, and then a bad guy. I really love Blue as a character, honestly. Like, that Kangaskhan moment, not good, but I'm usually very into the asshole character, and uh, that definitely holds true here. Blue is real good. Red also just makes me feel real good. Like, Red is like Ash in the way that he just embraces Pokemon and embraces the world around him and is just even though he's a little naive, he just is super nice and helps everybody he comes across, which is very charming. The personality they give to Bulbasaur and Pikachu in particular, as Red's Pokemon, is very good. I like how Bulbasaur is like the nervous type. And how Pikachu is, like, a little mischievous. Poliwhirl is just kind of a Pokemon. Like, he doesn't have that defined of a personality, but it's okay. Because his personality is just, I'm your partner Pokemon. And that's that happens sometimes. And it's not a bad thing. In Pokemon, that makes sense. So, yeah, I really like this first set of rounds.
0: It only gets better as it goes on. But, hey... It's- Good beginning it's good all the way through it's really good it's really good manga
1: guys and I'm excited to go through it with y'all please if there if you want to guest just whenever or if there's a certain set of rounds you want to guest for if you know if you know of this manga and there's like a certain part you want to talk about DM me or if you want to be my co-host and make this show Less horribly unbearable by adding someone for me to bounce off of. Please let me know. But anyway, thank you for listening to the first episode. Okay. I guess I should kind of like give a rating. It feels kind of weird to have a review and not give a rating. So I'm going to... We're going to give these five... A rating out of
0: five... Five Pokeballs. So, I'm gonna give...
1: Should I do it in sets, or should I do it in individual rounds? I'll do it in individual rounds. So, glimpse of the glow overall. Good setup. Not... Actually, no. I'd say it has a good mix of action and of just exposition for a first chapter. I'll give it 3.5 out of 5 Pokeballs.
0: Round 2, which is Bulbasaur round. It was
1: the... Whatever it's called. I don't have the names in front of me. The setup of the character Bulbasaur here is good. I like Oak. I like Red's characterization. There's nothing... Nothing about this round that I don't like. So I'd say give it a four out of five. Round three, The Secret of Kangaskhan. Really good characterization for red, really bad characterization for blue. So I think I'm going to give this one a three just because I don't like how blue is depicted as being completely cruel as if i remember correctly that's not really what his character is in the grand scheme as for wanted pikachu i really like that pikachu is a criminal i really like that he's like a little a little hooligan i like how red's bragging about the pokédex i like the little like rivals wager i'd say i'm going to give this one Honestly, a 4.5, because it's obviously not the perfect chapter. The perfect chapters will come soon. But I don't think anything in this five gets the perfect, but it's close. I really like the characterization of Pikachu and just how the whole round was handled.
0: As for Onyx is on,
1: I do feel like the Brock battle could have been more action-packed or any of the battles could have been more action-packed, as they were all
0: kind of technically ended with one shot. Which is cool and all, but... I really like fights, and...
1: this wasn't the fightiest, although the end was awesome. And the cute little thing with Pikachu at the end was great, so I'll give it a 4. So, this is a good batch of rounds. I don't think there's any gonna be like a single round that I give less than three. <laughs> but we'll see if I'm proved wrong.
0: So I guess that's it for the last
1: for the first episode of Pokemonga Corner with Riley. You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets individually, or alternatively, you can find the show on Twitter at Pokemonga Corner. My other podcasts. Can be found on my YouTube channel, Riley Brooks, which is one of the places you can listen to this. So if you're listening there right now, just check out the other uploads. If you're listening on a podcatcher, just look up R-I-E-L-Y space B-R-O-K-S on YouTube and you will find me.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to Hoke Manga Corner. See you guys for some more Pokemon adventures next time.